Well, here we go. Today's guest is a two-time national bowling champion, high school student at Hugh Boyd Secondary, and when he is not busy bowling or studying, he is one of, if not the most, active grade 11 student in the Archdiocese of Vancouver. Let's see where this goes with Jacob Emo. Hi. Hi. I'm Jacob Emo. <laughs> nice to see you, Shin, as always. Thanks, man. Right off the bat, um, I want you to describe to me the moment that you knew you were going to win the Nash, your first national title. That's a good question. Uh, it was in Quebec on the last day of the bowling tournament. So it was the second day of singles. Um, I was playing this guy from Southern Ontario. It was the finals. I qualified as the first seed, um, to my surprise, and I was uh, ready to play him because he beat the number three seed. He was the second one. So when he when it was my turn to play him, he um, we had a one-game single match against each other. Whoever had the higher score got to win the game, got to win the title. And um, he, in the, I believe, seventh frame, he had an open frame, meaning that he couldn't knock down all the pins in two shots. And then the very next frame... I got a strike, and then that was kind of the pivotal moment where I felt like I got this, you know? It was when I felt like I was in control of all my surroundings, and uh, the ball just felt right in my hand. Sometimes when I like put my fingers in the, balls, in the ball, I feel just really good, and I know I can throw a good shot, and that was the pivotal moment I felt like I could win that championship. There's this idea that like you know when something is precise when it sounds a certain way like for example in drumming uh a drum beat sounds precise so like when it's on the beat it, ha it you don't hear like any accidental rim shots or whatever you hear everything super clear and super precise mm -hmm. so when you're bowling what does the sound of precision sound like that that's good i so i guess the sound of precision in bowling is when at the release of the ball so when you're done your full your full um, swing, your full um, approach, uh, when you get to that foul line, when you release that ball, you're trying to hear nothing. As mm. soon as you hear like a smooth release and there's no sound at all when the ball touches the lane, it's like you're gliding it down that lane. And it feels like you're in most control of where the ball is on the lane, at the right height, at the right level, and you just know that it's bang on. So what you're saying is, in Wii Bowling, where the ball goes in the air, that's completely wrong. Yes, Wii Bowling is very oh, no. unrealistic. Okay. It's, it's funny how Wii Bowling works, actually. <laughs> okay. How did you get into bowling? Because watching you play sports, you're like super fast, super mm. agile. I, From seeing you at youth ministry, I would think like your sport is like soccer or mm. basketball or football. And then, no, it's, no, it's bowling. Yeah, it's... It's bowling such a weird sport. It's I like to describe it as everyone's tried bowling before, but no one actually goes in depth into what it truly is. Um, back in 2015, so my grade six year, um, I finally went into this program uh, called Kids Bowl Free, where basically every time you show up to the bowling alley, you get two free games and then you just pay for shoes. I went with my family almost every single day throughout the summer. And then when it came time to the fall, they had an open registration for the junior league. It was called the Zone Juniors at the time before they shut down. But yeah, it was nice and easy. And then 
I started off and I truly loved the sport. Um, and then that first year, I finally got to uh, qualify for an actual tournament, provincials. And in the in March, it was actually going to be held in Kelowna. And then I got to bowl in that tournament. And then I shocked pretty much everyone, including myself, by winning a silver medal for my first year. And that's where it began. And then ever since then, for five years, I've been bowling and achieve some great stuff within the sport you said that everybody tries bowling but nobody really goes in depth so for people like me who have never gone in depth into bowling like what what is it about the sport that i'm missing what is the appeal of the sport that um that you see that i i don't see yeah um the majority of people when they go bowling it's they don't see it as nothing more than grabbing a ball and rolling it down a lane to hit some pins once in a while but when us bowlers see it we finally see that uh there's more as in like you can go in depth by having competitions against your friends like you can feel that in a public setting but when you go into true competitions with your own bowling balls your own um style the way you throw the ball and your mental game it's it's that competition that you feel at a higher level and then when, even when you get to bring it to your friends, every single time I bring a friend or a group of friends to the bowling alley, I get to show off. I even bring <laughs> dates there. But it's the, <laughs> it's the best way to, um, to show your skills at a, at a sport that everyone can do, but not many people exceed in it. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Um, going on the part of like you show people when you go there like you and I went bowling together and one of the things that really stood out to me uh, in that experience was the way you you're a good teacher like for anybody listening if you if you're like me and you when you bowl you're I'm right-handed by the way when you bowl and then it always goes into the right gutter Jacob shared this amazing tip uh, and it like made all my shots 10 times better automatically so it's to imagine that when you release the ball you're shaking someone's hand as you follow through so uh clearly you're a good teacher and from your experiences in like prep and youth ministry th those are opportunities to teach also hmm. what is it about this like passing on of wisdom that uh that means mu so much to you that's good um i think it's as i was young uh my mom's a teacher right she taught grade two for the longest time and my dad worked in the church, the Archdiocese of Vancouver, and then he even uh, uprought prep at St. Paul, and he um, is like the main teacher for that. So uh, teaching's always been in my family, and I've always loved learning stuff from other people, um, people that are experienced in certain, um, certain ways of life. It's always something new. I always find joy in going on YouTube even to find a YouTube tutorial on how to cup stack, how to Rubik's cube, how to uh, do balloon art, um, and even bowling. I really loved uh, learning stuff from other people. So when it finally became my turn to uh, give back, now that I'm older, now that I'm in high school and was able to join the spirit team, for example, it's been a great opportunity to give back and share my talents that I've learned from other people. And with, uh, the grace of God, I could do that even further to more people in the church. I think it's awesome how you say, like, now that I'm older, uh, you're able to do these things. And mm. somebody who's listening might be like, this kid's in grade 11. What's that? <laughs> what do you mean by older? <laughs> but, but that's just, I think that speaks to how 
quickly you've matured and uh, with the help of all your teachers and also your own drive, you're like a very, very uh, motivated young person. And I think that's something this world definitely needs right now. I want to touch upon the topic of family because you are many things. One of them is a family-oriented person. And uh, what I gather from, you know, hearing things, a lot of students, particularly in high school, don't have this understanding of the importance of family, at least not to the level that you do. Mm. So uh, I want to pick your brain. Like, what's your philosophy on family? Um, whether what constitutes a family, uh, how to go about building relationships with family members, mm. just anything that comes to your mind. First thing is family comes first. That's uh, that's the saying that I've always heard growing up from my dad, my mom, even my uh, grandparents and my cousins. We always were taught to uh, family definitely becomes first priority. So um, going into high school, it was the transition year where I went to a public school, no longer a Catholic school. And it was definitely a big step for me. Um, but then making time for uh, family and within that going to church with family and keeping God in my life um, I could see that that was the center and the most important thing that I need to uh, continue most important to keep and communication became one of the most important priorities uh, going into the later years of my life <laughs> later years of my life I'm thinking high school <laughs> but yeah so I believe that um Truly having a strong communication with every single family member and spending time with each and every one of them, having daily conversations. How are you? Um, what do you do today? How do you feel? Uh, what were you eating for dinner? Specifically to my mom. But then basically <laughs> keeping a good communication with uh, your whole family and making sure that they're the priority of your life is uh, one of my most important philosophies when it comes to it. Was there ever a moment where, um, whether by choice or by mistake, you couldn't put family first? And what was that situation like? Not many of those um, moments have arrived. I remember actually um, just in grade eight or so, I... Um, it was my first time really getting in with the cool kids, right? So I played football going into grade eight, and I thought I was like the coolest guy there. So I got to hang out with all the tall, big, strong guys. And then um, my parents didn't really like uh, their views because we'd go out like late at night. And um, we wouldn't be doing like, I wouldn't participate, of course. Um, I, I wouldn't fall under the peer pressure, but... Uh, they were like e-vaping and things like that. And I never really wanted to do it. And my family, it gave a bad look on myself and my um, my reputation. Like my family started to be more concerned and uh, as they would, as they should. Um, but I didn't like how every single time I got home from a late night, they'd say, did you drink? Did you vape? Did you smoke? Did you get in trouble? And then I'd have to always reassure them. And every single time I was with those guys, I never felt like I was in the right place. So as soon as I um, stood away from that, I found some new friends. And therefore, um, I introduced those friends to my parents and my family loved them. And then I felt more safe as it gradually went on. And I think it was better for me and for my parents. 
one of the things that is so inspiring about the story you shared is that there, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but there appears to be this kind of like stigma that if you care about other people's feelings or if you take into consideration like other people's views on you, you're like less of a man or you like, because this um, the man is supposed to be like someone who like goes after what he wants, doesn't let anybody get in his way. But the story you just described is one that involves you listening to the concerns of your parents, yeah. understanding that, you know, maybe um, their thoughts and their opinions um, and also the thoughts and opinions of my friends might um, mean more to me than, you know, someone who's the stereotypical manly man yeah. uh, who would be kind of like immune to those thoughts and feelings. So what do you think like a real man is i think a real man to me um kind of ties into uh being a real leader um and being a leader is putting others before themselves and knowing when to use their powers to make others uh feel welcomed and feel like they're important and uh, bring this into uh, youth ministry. Um, when I first joined Spirit last year, I didn't really feel like I was the most confident yet, uh, being one the, the youngest person on the Spirit team. And then when I got a full year of experience, now I truly feel like I can get closer, take one step closer to being a real man by being a better leader myself. And this whole year of youth ministry and... Um, and the retreats that I've gone on, it's helping me uh, gain more confidence as I went by and then helped me to truly see that I have the potential to be a great leader in the future. And if I'm willing to let God, the greatest leader, um, help me get there and I can share it with others and make them better. That's awesome. That's awesome. I thought of that myself. Did you actually? Yeah, I thought of that myself. Good. You're so calm when you ask questions. Uh, well, it's I guess just practice, you know. Like, the first time I did this, like if you listen to my episode with your I brother, am. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like Sean was great, but I'm just like I'm not. I suck at this. What am I doing? <laughs> Help! <laughs> yeah. So you're in high school, and um, you listen to episode with Naomi right yeah. so like Naomi and I talked about how sometimes students in high school can fall away from their faith yeah um, absolutely but you don't seem like the opposite <laughs> of one of those people it seems like as you've grown older like you've gotten stronger in your mm -hmm. faith throughout your uh, career career as a high school student um, so what is it about faith that is so important to you and this can be faith in whatever definition you want it to have faith is where faith is why i'm here today i believe um growing up i was enrolled into saint paul's went to church every sunday was very involved um i attended spirit day even um as a young kid for the last like 10 years or so and i didn't even know what I, what was going on until now um but 
being raised in the Catholic faith from a Catholic family with Catholic um, friends and everything, it I just felt at home always. And then, do you want it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the optometrist. Oh. Do you need help? <laughs> <laughs> well, take it. This is another lesson learned. <laughs> <laughs> throw, throw, oh. Sorry, okay, so we're going back. Uh, faith is the reason why you're here. You attended a lot of faith events while you were a kid. Mm -hmm. um, There's a lot of opportunities to grow. Keep going. Um, yeah, so I always felt welcome going into it, especially when Spirit came along as well. Uh, finally going to a youth ministry that I've been waiting for for that long in my life uh, just empowered me even more. And then, as I said, like Naomi said, when high school came around, it was definitely the biggest transition year uh, so far. And especially going from a private school where I felt always welcomed and always felt like I belonged to a public school where I didn't know anyone, especially the fact that no one from my old school actually came with me. It was definitely a new experience and it um, was terrifying new waters for me, I guess. Um, but it motivated me to uh, stay active in my faith. And I felt like if I went to a private school for another five years, <clears throat> it would not motivate me as much to stay in the church, <clears throat> stay practicing. But then as soon as I went to a public school, I realized that, hey, there's no religion class there. There's no Catholic people all around me. So let's stay with the faith. And I think for the first three years, grade eight, nine, and 10, I definitely wanted to keep that, that moral, keep that mindset, but it did slowly fade away. Um, it was only until this past year where I felt that I was empowered. I've seen the presence of God in my life. Um, like bringing it back even to bowling from winning stuff this year, uh, helped me in such a fair very like confidence way it gave me more confidence too that I can do this but then <clears throat> I attended youth leader and uh, life teen retreat for the first time this year and those gave me such a different kind of feeling it it bring it brought me back to being um, part of a family like I did in elementary school but 10 times more I'd say um, being surrounded by other Catholics um, and just learning new things about uh, God's great works um, just truly empowered me. And then I was on such a Catholic high after all of that. Um, and then I finally got to Spirit Day where I got to volunteer for two days. Um, and I knew right from the start that it was gonna end so soon. And then I just tried to make the best of it. And Spirit Day was the highlight of maybe my entire life. Um, this last year, 2019 from heaven, because I finally got to volunteer and try it, and finally got to serve with a purpose. 
and I got to lead kind of the spirit the spirit team there and uh, I got to perform for my sister's grade that attended a spirit day so I always this year has been just the most empowering thing and going back to your question now that um, now that I'm older and high school is um, going I felt like the most important thing in my life is to stay connected in the faith and with this past year I felt like I can do the best of my ability and uh, share my faith with others that's awesome I'm really happy for you I'm really I'm really glad that you're um, that you found such richness in your faith throughout this year and I think going back to your previous statement on like being a man is sort of like being a leader like this definitely is one of those cases where you're leading by example you're not just saying like oh youth events are cool you should attend them like you're you're not just attending them but you're actively seeking mm -hmm. ways to be a leader to be a volunteer to be a present person uh, for all the people uh, younger than you who are mm -hmm. still trying to figure out questions to their faith so I think that's awesome I think both young and old people can learn a lot from you mm -hmm. um, was there ever a moment where you felt like taking a step away from the faith in whatever capacity that means to you and how did you go about that situation it was just i think it was the end of last year to the beginning of this year it was when i finally got into high school relationships um i first dated this first girl let's call her girl one and i dated her for <laughs> three months right uh, it was fun. I got my first kind of experiences in the relationship world, you know, first kiss, things like that. And then, uh, but she wasn't Catholic. She wasn't Christian. She wasn't part of the faith. She barely made time for me. And I felt like I had to slowly stray away from that. So despite 2019 being like my greatest year, they did have some lows to it. And the main lows were definitely uh, relationships, um, romantic relationships, I guess. And then after breaking up with her, um, I started dating another girl a month later. And that one lasted all the way till the summer, uh, right before Life Teen Retreat. Um, and sorry, what was your question? I keep, I, I'm going on these tangents. Yes, continue. No, tangents are good. My question was, um, was there ever a time where you felt like stepping away from the faith in whatever capacity that means to you? And then how did you go about it? That situation. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I remember why I was talking about relationships. So the second relationship is where I got more into, more in depth into a relationship, right? For a lengthier time, I guess, for five months. I This girl was Christian. So when I started dating her, I felt like, yep, she's part of the faith. We got this. Uh, I am ready to marry this woman. And then, oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> she liked me from like grade eight. So I just thought it was right. And then this girl, she had different views. Despite her being Christian, she didn't have... I find that Christian uh, people who are non-Catholics have definitely more opinions towards uh, the faith. And um, despite that, um, me and her had some clashes sometimes on uh, certain like controversial topics within the church. Um, and then we just had some different ideas of what we should be doing. Um, within the relationship and how we uh, make decisions in daily life, basically. Um, so for the whole time, it was fun in games and it was really fun being in a relationship. But then I realized by the end of it, we just, 
we felt that we were clicking, but then we never really did. And then by the end of the relationship, I just felt I was never truly united with her. And therefore, I wasn't united with anyone specifically. Um, and by the time I ended that relationship, I didn't feel like I was united with her nor God. And I felt that um, in order to rebuild myself, youth leader helped me see this, is um, that my relationship with God was so damaged at that point um, that it was time to turn my focus, change my priority back to the faith and then not on her because I, people tell me advice all the time. I, I'm still young. There's room for me to grow. Focus on other things first, right? And then I realized that that thing I needed to focus on was God. So after breaking up with her post-youth leader, I went to Life Teen Searching Retreat to find myself again. And then after the week-long retreat, I felt like I truly was... Um, inspired and refilled with the Holy Spirit again. Um, and therefore, from there, I wanted to continue up. And then for the rest of the year, I felt, for the most part, united with God. And then Spirit Day just helped me get through the year so perfectly and ended it, end it in the perfect way. That's awesome. Thank you for your honesty. Mm. I really, uh, I'm really, really happy that you shared that um, because I think it speaks to an important idea, you know, because like, it's near the end of the year. People are going to be looking back on the year. Mm -hmm. And one of the traps that I've fallen into myself is that um, I can sometimes view like the years like, oh, there were so many things that went wrong. There's so many places where I should have been uh, better, where I could have grown more. Um, but what you've just proven through, through sharing your stories with us is that just because there are not so great things that happen in a year doesn't necessarily mean it was a not so great year like you can still have amazing memories amazing stories and an amazing 2019 it just all depends on like your perspective and the way you look at things so thank you so much for your openness and your honesty with all of that um i hope you have an awesome 2020 mm -hmm. uh, i think this is a good place since we're talking about the end of the year uh, to end the podcast. So the final question of every episode is what is one thing you believe everybody should do in their life at least once and why? Looking back on this year, I would definitely want to say uh, things like attend the youth ministry or um, read the Bible for the first time. But um, those are such um, centered things that I think people can be empowered further but from a baseline, this year was the first year I got into my faith for real. And if there's one thing that people can do, um, on my behalf at least, I would like someone to try to go to church. And even if they don't understand anything that's going on, listen to the homily. Because the first time I listened to the homily this year was at Searching Retreat. And I listened to Father Gio's homily for the first time I, it was the first time i didn't really sleep or like just start staring at the sky and not doing anything and then i was truly empowered um from what he was actually speaking about like uh charisma uh they're saying in cco that um that the best way to uh, live out the faith of god is by listening to the homily and then sharing that with others 
Like I always thought I was one of the greatest people in the world. And then this past year has helped me see that I already know the greatest person. It's God. And if you could just listen to his works and then apply that to your daily life, you're going to be the best man in the world. National champion, popular archdiocesan volunteer, and yet still so humble. Jacob, is there any final things that you want to say to anybody listening? Respect Shin, because this guy's real good. He's one of the best leaders ever. I'm not just sucking up, I promise. He's amazing at spirit. And keep listening to this stuff, because from being invited to this, I can't wait for the future. And I'm sure he's looking forward to the same. Have a great 2019 rest of your year. And have an even better 2020.